All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wrestling Tonight. I am your humble, hardcore host, Mad Dog Butch. Along, joining me as always, I should say, the JC, the Ice Baby, to my Wolfie D, <laughs> Grace Beamer. Yeah, yeah. Now, have a good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That was good enough for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, uh, <laughs> Obviously, it is WrestleMania season, um, and uh, on one of our previous podcasts, we covered WrestleMania one. Is that two weeks from now? WrestleMania? Um, I don't ask me. Yeah, um, I, I believe so. I, I think so. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, because I think the next Raw is like the the go home Raw before uh-uh. it. So I think so. Um, so today we are going to be talking about in sequential order. Uh, WrestleMania 2. Um, WrestleMania 2 took place on mon- Monday, April 7th, 1986, back yeah. when they used to do it during the week. Well, I, 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 I think that was that. the only one they did on Monday. This was the exception. Was it? I, well, yeah. I know that they did it before. I, I mean, later. Oh, they did? Well, remember they did Tuesday in Texas and, and stuff like that? Oh, but okay, um, I thought you were talking just I'd have to check into that. I, 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 I remember in. I did read that, that this is the only WrestleMania they did that Do you wasn't know why? On Do you no. know why they did it on a Monday? I, I have no, I, I, no idea. I, if I had to I would have hazard to, a guess, go ahead. I, no, I would have to check on WrestleMania 1, though, because I don't think that was a Sunday either. That might have been. I, I should have looked that up last time. Yeah, but, uh, I, I believe it was. But I don't think no, because I don't think they started doing it on Sundays till later on. It's likely um, building availability for the reason on Monday. That would be my guess. But now was maybe we'll take that as a homework assignment to go figure. Yeah, it out. Yeah, well, we'll have to because was WrestleMania three on a Sunday or was that, that was a, on a or Sunday. was that a Saturday? That okay. was Sunday. All right. Um, now this. I'm assuming they were trying to figure out a way to top WrestleMania one with this one. So their uh, decision was to break it up into, besides the laundry list of celebrities that they added to this one. um, (laughs) B list celebrities. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) but uh, they decided to hold it in three different arenas. Uh, So basically, um, well, they did, they did one from New York. They did it from Chicago and they did it from LA. So basically, each city had four matches, and uh, and then you could watch the other matches on closed circuit TV or whatever uh, it, that you would watch in the arena. Um, yeah, interesting concept for those guys. It was since I mean, uh, NWA tried it. Well, they were successful at it for a couple pay per views prior to that. Closed oh yeah, circuit, that's right. You know, the Starcades did closed circuit at multiple locations. So. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, it looked like they were just uh, throwing a lot at the wall this time. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. They they start right off in uh, New York, which is at the Nassau County Coliseum and not Madison Square Garden. Um, starting off with Vince McMahon, he introduces <laughs> his color commentator co-host, as the number one actress mm. at the time, Miss mm. uh, <laughs> Susan St. James. Terrible. Um, she was on, I remember on Kate and Alley. I'm assuming she was on something. I else don't that, even know that show. At, Not that I at, at some point. But, you know, I, I don't know. That show may have been big at the time. There was three channels. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was trying to re- remember if I ever saw anything that she was in. And I just, I mean, I'm not, you know, a big huge tv movie guy anyway but i couldn't think of anything i'm like who is this <laughs> I, I i know she was in some stuff that's the only thing that i could come up with yeah. was uh kate and Alley. yeah and i'm Where's sure joe that, johnson when you need him and i'm sure that that is what was going on <laughs> at the time well actually what was going on was she was dating dick ebersol oh really the head of nbc at the time and NB- right head of nbc sports yeah so yeah so they had just worked the deal out probably not too much longer before that with the Saturday night's main event deal. Ah. So that is where nice that Nice job. That nice investigative work there. <laughs> that is where that's coming <laughs> from. Yeah. Uh, I would have had I wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah. That that I mean that's pretty much it. Huh. That, that's got to be the reason why. Um and she was terrible. She was she was bad. Uh we'll talk about the three different ones that they had and which one 
was was the best uh, as far as the color comment, the celebrity color commentators that they had at each uh, at each location. Yeah. Um, we get Ray Charles. Vince McMahon introduces Ray Charles, and he does a nice version of America the Beautiful. Yeah, it was great. It was Ray Charles. That guy's got got uh, talent. He does, uh, or did. And then, um, then we go to Mean Gene, and he sends it to the back to, well, you know what? I'm just going to play it. We don't have a whole lot of time to play clips, but I definitely <laughs> want to play this one. So stand, Let's roll. stand by and check this one out. Technical difficulties at the <clears throat> moment. Just a second here. Gene Okerlund here at the Rosemont Horizon in suburban Chicago, Illinois, where later on you're going to be seeing a gigantic 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal. You can cut the electricity in the air with the knife. It is something else. Right now, I understand, back in New York at the Nassau County Coliseum, Rowdy Roddy Piper is psyching up for his boxing match. He's a prospect guy. I think of the heavyweights out there today. This is the best prospect going. He's trained diligently. He's in real good shape. Heavyweights, one punch and it's all over. Tonight he's in shape and he's going to do his job. Right, Roddy? <laughs> I'm cute. I'm better. I grew my hair long. That way, during the fight tonight, you can tell the difference between me and T. I figured some of you folks out there may get a little confused. I have got the absolute best coach in the entire world to train me. I've been down with Biggs training, with Spinks training. He went and got smoking Joe Fraser in his corner. Are you ribbing me? He threw a medicine ball at my belly. Didn't move an inch. I'm down to 219 pounds in 30 minutes. You see, talk's cheap. So you say, Roddy, well, you're sitting there talking. I say this to you. I say, if Mr. T can knock me out in this fight right here, I would not only quit professional boxing, I would quit and retire professional wrestling. I would quit tiddlywinks. I would quit dating girls. That does stick with you. I would quit it all. I right now say, if he can knock me out, I retire, and I'm going to stick my head out there round after round after round and put it out there because as pretty as it is, he's going to shoot some punches. I'm going to be moving like that, just like Coach taught me. You're going to shoot some more? I'm going to be moving like that. And another thing, you know, Mr. T, I know you're a smart aleck. You come out with the kill, but let me tell you something. Never will I shave my hair like an Indian and paint myself black. Ladies and gentlemen. Hot Rod, never will I shave my hair like an Indian and paint myself black. Well, he painted and, himself black, didn't he? Uh, well, he he didn't lie because he painted himself half black. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When he fought uh, Bad News Brown a couple of WrestleManias later. Yeah. Um, but man, just classic Roddy Piper yeah. there, just uh, classic heel Piper. So much better than when he turned oh. babyface. Not even a comparison. I think he probably and, knocked and, himself and out of my, my top ten by turning babyface. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely <laughs> would not be in my top ten in the nineties. I mean, he, you know, he was one of the reasons why I watched it, started watching it in the 80s. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, with with Piper in that interview were was uh, Lou Duva, who was a boxing um, trainer, and yeah. Cowboy Bob Orton. And I was thinking about this earlier. Cowboy Bob Orton probably got two fat WrestleMania checks for basically <laughs> yeah. doing – not a whole lot. Sitting at ringside. He, he, had, he had WrestleMania <laughs> one as the second in the main event yeah. to Piper and Orndorff. And then he's the second to Piper versus Mr. T in the boxing match at WrestleMania two. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it's too bad. The first one he was, I mean, cause he's such a good uh, performer in the ring, you know? He was. Yeah. I, I, so I'm thinking that WrestleMania three was the only one that he wrestled in and he was in the opener against uh him and morocco yeah, against uh probably Can right. connection yeah which is basically a glorified squash but whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but huh. uh so uh so Cowboy then we... bob orton i'm gonna <laughs> hit you with my cast <laughs> so then we get into our first match which is the magnificent morocco with mr fuji against mr wonderful paul orndorff first time they ever met according to vince mcmahon 
Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> is, is that true? I I doubt I didn't it. Look into it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look into that. But Me I neither. thought that, I that thought was kind of odd. In the game. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. They should have, or they could have, actually uh, promoted this as the battle of the pile driver. Because yeah, really. Morocco actually did the Tombstone pile driver years right. before Undertaker did. Um, and then, of course, Paul Orndorff was famous for his pile driver. Yeah. Um, one thing that was kind of weird was the match started and they played the promos for those guys over <laughs> over the match. Yeah, while the match which, was going. Yeah, while the match was going. With I thought no that was box weird. in the corner. Just yeah, no box. Just, yeah. just like over overplayed it, you know. But uh, I noted that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, I mean... The production values, and honestly, like through this whole, I, mean, I don't care, but the production values weren't what they are today and even a couple years later. You know, this, no. was, this was a big, a big chore to get three different locations live and do it, have the production and everything going flawlessly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Commend them for, for trying that. I mean, that's right. huge. Oh, no, I, no, I'm not faulting them for no, it at me all. Neither. Yeah. Um, but uh, this match ends in a double count out, and it almost seems like, um, it was just a way to get both of these guys on the show. Yeah, it was four minutes and ten seconds long. Yeah, you know? I mean, Ordor started out kind of hot, doing doing like some uh, arm drags, and then he worked on the arm, and then next thing you know, they go over the top rope, and then they brawl a little bit, and that's it. Yeah, and the, I don't think the crowd really cared for the double count out either. I mean, they weren't. It was one of the times where you can hear the crowd boo, and they they weren't booing because of the decision; they were booing because it was a ripoff. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, what basically, you know, you got three hours to get twelve matches yeah, in. Right. Uh, you got pretty much the Chicago show had two main events, yeah. um, and then other ones had matches that needed to go longer than the main event too. Yeah. So, like the undercard matches needed to be relatively quick, and, we'll and I'm see, glad they were. And we'll see that later on too. Yeah, they didn't really need to. They they all did their job. I'm sure they all needed what. <laughs> They all did what they needed to do, I'm sure. But uh. and, our, and our great color commentator, Susan St. James, had a nice line in the, in this one. You know, <laughs> the match is like a slow Chinese torture. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> I didn't, I, if I did catch that, I didn't note it, but uh, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I noted, I like the look of the arena, you know, because it wasn't, it was Nassau Coliseum, but you know, like I, I watched the, uh, used to watch like hockey games there and it's mm -hmm. like the old barn or whatever. And yeah. it just had that dark old school feel. It looked different than the slick production now. And it looked different than the different arenas that they had on this show. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I, that's one of my major complaints. And, and I think that the crowd would be into it more if they still turn the house lights down like they used to. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, there, it's been a long time really since that's happened. <laughs> <Just> but <laughs> before they had the, especially in the, in the South, like people that really did their wrestling well, <laughs> even in New York, WWF at times, they, they'd have to turn the house lights off to keep people from rioting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just a completely, man, it's a different day. Yeah. You yeah, know, you gotta, exactly. they're right. so boring. They got to wake the crowd up somehow and that's hard to do. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, that's true. And it's not the crowd's fault. No. All right, so next we get a promo with Mr. T, Smoking Joe Frazier, <laughs> and the recently haircutted Haiti kid. Uh, Roddy, Piper had, Roddy Piper and Bob Orton had had him on uh, Piper's Pit and gave him a uh, Mr. T-type haircut. Gave him a mohawk. Um, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a bad promo for mm -hmm. Mr. T, really. No, you know what? I thought it was pretty good for him. Yeah, I actually. did too. I yeah. did too. So uh, from there we get match number two, which is Randy Macho Man Savage with Elizabeth against George the Animal Steel. <laughs> um, not a bad match. Uh, one, yeah. th one thing that I always thought was interesting was, you know, during this period they're bringing in all these younger new guys. I thought for sure that at one point they were going to start using George Steele as a jobber. <laughs> or or a glorified jobber, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, but they never really did. Because he did at times, though, you know? I, I mean, there was times where he would, like, lose a match relatively quick. I, I mean, like, I think he feuded with one-man gang at one point yeah. and, you know, yeah. got gang over. But 
But for the most part, he never really got squashed. Yeah, really. Um, well, he kept the part-time deal, too, so that kind of helped him out where he wasn't around all the time either. Yeah, um, and, and see, that's another thing. I, I, I always wondered, like, I, I mean, the reports are now that, that Steele, and if anybody doesn't know, his real name is Jim Myers, and he was a teacher and football coach at Madison Heights. They just recently named their uh, their football um their football field after him. Oh, really? Arena. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That'd be, be, be it was, cool for his family, too. Yeah. I mean, he passed away uh, a couple of years ago, so yeah. that, it was actually before he passed away. So he was able to attend it. So it was probably nice. four or five years ago. Could be longer ago. But but either way, that's like the, the – um, Jim Myers Jim field. Myers, yeah. Like the Pete Fusey mm-hmm. field, Mount Morris. <laughs> but uh, so, so Randy said – I mean – Okay, match. I mean, about what you would expect from these guys. But yeah, really. Seemed like they were kind of laying in some uh, some pretty heavy shots. <laughs> yeah. And uh, eventually, Savage does the uh, old rope uh, feet on the rope job and pins George the Animal Steel. Yeah, it kind of was what it was, but it was yeah. good enough. You know, five minutes. Those guys really couldn't go that much longer than that, given. No, and they had a little bit of a feud going. I mean, actually, that feud pretty much continued all the way yeah. till WrestleMania three because right. George Steele seconded. Ricky Steamboat throws Savage off the top rope and kind of costs him the belt. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll cover that one in the yeah, future we will. sometime. <laughs> yeah, definitely, especially since you and I but, were there. But really, I mean, we can see how far out the WWF booking was at that time, you know, right. because a lot of it, everything I've heard from anybody who's ever worked there is, you know, their main angles, they try and go a year out. They have been forever. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, right. And then everything else can be last minute or six months or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, then we move on to an interview that Mean Gene conducts between Bill Fralick <laughs> and Big John Studd. Nice job by Studd on this interview. Oh yeah, he, and he ends up uh, popping a, a football. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but awesome. now now I remember like uh, <laughs> it was like, a college football. I had like the <laughs> you know like the half stripe around it. Oh, I didn't notice that. But uh, but Bill Fralick was I believe the rookie of the year the the year before yeah. um and he played for the Atlanta Falcons and he was one guy that uh they always said that was was going to pursue a career in wrestling yeah. when he was done he also passed away I think last year or the year before but um <laughs> but uh they did bring him back years later uh for the Yokozuna body slam challenge and he almost got yoko up he was like one of the closest oh yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah Yeah. strong guy you know what i mean i had it written down for later but let's just hit it now now imagine this today in nfl rookie of the year the next year going and getting to a wrestling ring oh i know i mean there's no way that would happen (laughs) right and a lot of it is money because at this time it was probably a nice payoff for an nfl player Mm -hmm. you know to be able to get in this battle row because they weren't making the money in the NFL that they're making now, but today forget about it. Right. Exactly. Well, any of those guys that were, that were still playing, you know, I don't think they would allow any of those guys to do it. But, uh, so, um, so then that leads us to match number three, which, um, you know, I I was going to call it a squash in my memory. It was more of a squash, but it really wasn't. (laughs) I know. I was thinking Uh, the same thing. I'm like, holy crap. and it was uh, George Wells versus Jake the Snake Roberts, who had recently joined uh, WWF. Um, he hadn't been in there very long. Um, but, uh, yeah, George Wells got a lot more offense than I remember. Yeah. Um, pretty much he, he dominated you know, most of dominated the, the whole thing. Jake the Snake, I think, threw him out at one, raked <laughs> the eyes, threw him out, gave him a knee lift, and gave him the DDT, and that was it. But up until that point, uh, George Wells was kind of dominating. Yeah, I made that note too. Like Roberts gave a lot in that match. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. George Wells was pretty good, and he had gained some weight here. You know, I used to like watching him on primetime. I used to love that primetime wrestling show. That that was really the only WWF show that I really, really liked. Yeah, I agree. You know, because you could get Wells in there against somebody else, and you know, you could see what the guy could do. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I always liked watching George Wells perform. Um, after I don't think he was around too much longer in WWF. Yeah, he went to world was, class after yeah. this and became master g and had like more success in texas than he did in wwf but um i don't think he could cut a promo i think that was probably the issue with him um but what i i will say this when i was watching it i was disappointed 
that LJN never made a George Wells figure. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have done very well in my league. Did you notice like how much how heavy George Wells looked on that? I mean, we're talking about George Wells and Jake the Snake's the other guy, but if you want to hear yeah. Jake the Snake, just go out and type his name in the internet gimmick and <laughs> you know, right. give George Wells some love here. And as I talk about his weight, but did you notice how how big I, I did, I'm like, I yeah. thought he was in better shape than that. Yeah. Well, but, I think he was up until, yeah. up until near that time. I noticed like during the commentary, Vince McMahon says, well, George Wells gained 20 or 30 pounds in preparation for this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I just thought that was kind of funny that, you know, I noticed that. And then obviously uh, McMahon and the WWF was noticing the weight gain too. Well, that's what they used to always do. That's what, uh, yeah. That's what Bill Watts used to say about Junkyard Dog before he made the jump <laughs> yeah. to WWF too, because he was always that. That was the old thing, bulking up for competition. Yeah, that's right. And the match was only three minutes, fifteen seconds long. But you know, I mean, it was good for what it was. Jake the Snake with the DDT at the end, and they pulled the snake out and tried to make it look like Jake the Snake was using the python to choke out George Wells, and he had the foam. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. A la Giant Tim. <laughs> had the foam right. coming from his mouth. Yep, I, did, I mean they I did, did a good job that. with it. You know, it could have oh, looked definitely. a lot worse. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. I mean, a, a good way to introduce Jake the Snake and, and get him over big time. I mean, oh, he yeah. was already getting like he would have got over with that gimmick anyway, putting the snake on people. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. No matter what, because uh, really, like my match, I I wrote down. I wrote I wrote Jake the Snake, and then a couple punches, knee lift, DDT, snake, and mm-hmm. pretty much. That's all he needed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so then from there, we get a video recap of the Roddy Piper and Mr. T feud. I was disappointed in that recap. That led us up to, you're right, there was a glaring omission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that was, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, they, they pretty much set up this whole thing on Saturday night's main event. Just kind of like out of the blue. Maybe they had maybe they had set it up on a weekend show. I don't remember, but just kind of out of the blue, they started calling Bob Orton boxing Bob Orton yeah. and, and giving him a boxing gimmick. Uh, so on Saturday night's main event, he boxed Mr. T. Um, that ended up with with him and Piper whipping Mr. T, yeah. which uh, gave us the classic line from Jesse Ventura that it looks like Roots Two, yeah. man, and. Uh, <laughs> They cut that part out of the recap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see where they would get some calls, thinking that's pretty heavy. You know, some of the yeah, but back in that era, I know. I mean, it <laughs> I was know. heat. I mean, they did yeah. a lot worse than that, but that's what I was wanting to see because that was really that's really what got all the heat. It did was the whipping, and then right. and then just... that's what led to the match with Piper and and T yeah. at at, uh, at this WrestleMania. Um, uh, a side note, and I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I don't remember, but. Uh, but after the match, the boxing match with Bob Orton and Mr. T, um, Mr. T was in the back sucking on an oxygen tank, totally blown up. <laughs> yeah. And Bob Orton walks by, and Mr. T's like, hey, hey, you want, you need some of this, buddy? <laughs> and uh, Bob Orton holds up a cigarette and a can of beer, and he's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so... Then actually, <laughs> we go to L.A. after this well, and get an interview with Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura. Th- are we covering the, the boxing match now, or are we going to the interview first? I kind of got lost. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just going in, order. in the order of what happened. Okay, so the interview came next. Before so the interview the... was next. For whatever, okay. Okay, for whatever reason, they go to this interview. Good. With, I just got with, lost. My fault. Yeah. No, basically, Hogan, I, I guess it was just so Hogan could comment on Mr. T, his buddy, being in this match, <laughs> yeah. it really made no sense to jump to this, but but uh, it, it did Get, jump around quite a bit. Getting some of the Hulk Hogan uh, deodorant sprayed on him, you know, making yeah, him smell good. Right, yeah, giving him some of the rub. But uh, So then we get Howard Finkel in the ring, who does the intros. We get Joan Rivers as the guest ring announcer. We get judges Daryl Dawkins, <laughs> Cab Calloway, G. Gordon Liddy. And then we get the biggest pop, out of anybody just about was Herb, the Burger King man, 
who was the guest timekeeper. I'm glad you wrote these guys down. <laughs> <laughs> I started to, and I'm like, my hand's going to start hurting right all these uh, I know, I got like three pages. But, uh, <laughs> but if anybody doesn't know who Herb was, it was like a Burger King campaign where Herb was like the only man back in 1986 who had never had a Burger King Whopper. So... Uh, <laughs> It was this uh, long-running thing. But a- anyway. Um, and that was the New York crowd that popped for that one. Yeah, they did. <laughs> nice. They did. Um, so then we get match number four, which is the boxing match between Roddy Piper and Mr. T. Um, <laughs> not a whole lot. I mean, it's a boxing match. Uh, I, I, You know, they did what they could do, I guess. Now, I did want to ask you about this, though. You know, I, I, I've... I've seen a little bit of people, you know, talking about it, but I don't necessarily remember. Like, he goes down in round two. Yeah. And, I I mean, it looked like he, I mean, it looked almost, I I mean, not that the punch was was legit, but it looked like he might have been really blown up. Because he went down twice before. Yeah, he went down, like, during the match and then, like, or during, during the round, and then when the round was over... He like kind of went down on his hands and knees again, so it almost looked like he was just really blown up. But I I don't know. Um, you know, I'd never I, really heard that. I thought because that was you know watching that, I was already thinking, man, Piper's doing a wonderful job in this match for what it was. I thought yeah. Piper was absolutely awesome. Well, uh, we should point this out. Roddy Piper actually was a Golden Gloves boxer, right, exactly in, in his younger years. Yeah, and when when T went down, I just, I just I thought that was well done. I, I looked at it, I looked at it like T just got hit from a from an awkward position because they mm-hmm. were kind of laying the shots in at you know they yeah. weren't going full bore, but some of those when they were exposed, you know. Because Piper knows how to throw a punch, right? I just thought that maybe he got hit at an awkward position. It might have been, and then went down. But I don't think he was. I don't, you know, I don't think that was like not planned, or he, I don't think he was gassed or anything at that at that point. Because sure, he's sucking win, you know, but but not gassed. Okay. Because look at look at what they did later on. Well, yeah, match, he he did know? go two more rounds. Um, and if you're gassed, you're not going to go to the corner well, for a couple minutes. Round and, and a half. A round and a half, I should say. Yeah. Uh, now, I I know there's a story behind this, but at one point he throws Piper into the corner, kind of does a phantom punch. Piper goes outside of the ring, um, and then Piper ends up chucking his his stool <laughs> at, at, at T yeah. before yeah. I think the beginning of the third or the fourth round. But um, I, I think there was a story there. I think Piper was upset that he that he that he fanned that that punch um or something <laughs> i i remember piper talking about something that had happened during that 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 period because um, piper and wasn't getting along with t for the longest time anyway right but it was something with that punch oh, it was okay. something with that phantom he was punch supposed to hit it and when didn't, he and when, piper was mad i think so yeah because he because i think piper thought it ended up I, I think piper thought it looked a lot worse than it actually did <laughs> which it didn't really look that bad i mean you can tell by looking at it but yeah. you know because that's hard to hard to believe that you know that I could see Piper throwing the chair just you know improvising, but I don't think he would throw it because of something that that he did. I don't know. That just at that stage at that might at have that not, match that might not know, have been part of it. But I know that maybe there was, later on he was. But I know that there was something with with that punch <laughs> that 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 he went outside of the ring with. Um, I had to look that up later. I should have looked it, it up. It just later. looked like he improvised. You know, pulled like a Terry Funk or something and. You know, forgot he was in with Mr. T and, you know, not Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he was probably supposed to throw the stool and maybe T didn't get out of the way, too. I mean, it could, yeah, be, maybe. It could be anything. But uh, so Piper ends up pushing the referee and body slamming Mr. T <laughs> in the fourth round, which gets uh, which gets Piper obviously disqualified and gives the victory to Mr. T. Turns into a big melee at the end. I just um, thought that I thought they did a, a good job. I mean, it looked that that was probably the best. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it with Mr. T in it. The best professional wrestling boxing match that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, hell, it was, looked uh, better than the the, the what a, the WWF free for all or whatever they brawl for all. Oh, the brawl for all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're right. It, it actually looked more like a boxing match <laughs> yeah. than 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 those guys. I mean, but that probably goes back and to credit, I don't know if Mr. T had boxing experience, but we know that Piper did. Credit uh Mr. T as well, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I give him credit for it. Yeah. Um so then from there we move on to the Chicago Rosemont Horizon. Well, give me your number one out of I didn't even think of this. What's your number one from the Nassau Coliseum matches? What what was the best one on that? Uh, let's see. I'd have to say, right? It would have to be the boxing match, probably. Yeah, I would say so too. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just the other ones were just you know nothing spectacular. Yeah, I mean, they did I, I, what they had to do, but they just weren't anything that great. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. We're just so then that we we move on. We're just to shooting the breeze here. Chicago Rosemont Horizon. <laughs> We start off with Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene, and they introduce Kathy Lee Crosby as their uh, guest color commentator, and she gets booed out of the building yeah, pretty much immediately. Okerlund got a nice pop because that's kind of his home area. When he was working with the AWA, uh, they would go into Chicago with the WWA sometimes and another group, but that was Okerlund's home territory. Now, I was kind of surprised that they didn't have the Piper team main event uh, headline this one since Mr. T's from Chicago, but maybe they thought that it might cause like a legit riot <laughs> if uh, maybe if fans got upset. I mean, you and, never you never know. And but. you know what? Now that you mention that that Rosemont Horizon crowd, one thing I noticed right away they were hot. Yeah, and I know there's like some acoustics. It's like a wooden building, you know, so the acoustics are better in it. But that crowd was hot, and I got a yeah. comment after the last match about that. But that crowd was okay. ready to go, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so we, we pretty much go right into it. We get match number five, which is the, what they call ladies championship at the time, velvet McIntyre versus fabulous moolah, um, ends really quickly. Um, velvet McIntyre goes for a move off the top rope, has a wardrobe malfunction. I don't know if that had anything to do with, uh, the quick pin, but then moolah rolls over on top of her and pins her within like, uh, I didn't time it, but uh, one minute and 25 seconds. Yeah. Very fast. Um, I didn't time and I looked it up. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if it had something to do with uh, the the wardrobe malfunction or not, but uh, you know, that was, it kind of looked like it. That was, that was a, for being a minute 25, it was good. Like, Moolah came out firing. It was, it was like she was throwing some like stiff, like the, the chops this way in there yeah. against McIntyre. Yeah. There's a true. hot crowd. Right. But it was a minute right. and 25, and I'm yeah. glad it was only a minute 25. But, man, those those hair mares, like the snap mare where they, you know, the women, they wrap their hair around and yeah. give them the snap mare. Those were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad match for what it was, but, uh, you know, yeah. I, I got to think that that had something to do with the quick the quick ending of it. Yeah, maybe. Either that or they knew they were pressed for time and were just like. I, that's what I thought, like, like watching it. That's what I thought. Yeah, that could be. Um, So not much there. Then we go right into match number six after that, which is the flag match between Nikolai Volkov and Corporal Kirshner. Uh, we actually get some blood in here. Yes. <laughs> Corporal Kirshner gets uh, split open. It did not look like hard way, but, uh, but what do you think about that? You know, I mean, because Volkov was going after his head. He was biting him. Yeah. Normally, Volkov didn't do stuff like that. Throws him into the, uh, the pose. That was, a great, that was a great post shot. Like, that looked, the way they had the camera and the way Corporal Kirshner went into, I mean, just the way Volkov, like, everything, that looked, when he hit, because I couldn't remember if he bled or not. Mm -hmm. Hell, I could barely remember that card. Well, and yeah, then when right, he hit, exactly. and I'm like, oh, man, he's going, that's a great post shot. I hope he bleeds. I'm like, hey, I probably won't. <laughs> and then he had the little, like, great Wojo trickle right. like, coming down. So, yeah, that was good for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it was what it was. Uh <laughs> eventually uh blassie tries to throw the cane into volkov kirshner intercepts it whacks volkov with the cane and gets the pin and gets to carry the american flag out of the arena crowd was hot for that one the crowd was hot i mean let's face it kirshner came in hot i mean i don't think he was really a suitable replacement for sergeant slaughter but they did all those vignettes, uh, introducing him, and um, you know, before the crowd really caught on that he really was not the best wrestler, yeah, best worker. Uh, you know, he was popular just because of his gimmick. Yeah, and that that was really like to me that was the best finish that has been set up in the whole card so far. 
<laughs> I think even, so. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, even the match was two minutes and five seconds. It was short. You know, they had the – but the crowd got – they got the cheer. You know, it yeah, was like a – it was like a – it was like a – a good like wrestling pop. Yeah. You know, they weren't trying to figure out what was going on or anything. It was just like a, you know, they, right. they let them see it coming. They let them have their pop. Cool. Right. Yeah. And it, it's very evident watching WrestleMania one and WrestleMania two so far that this was the era that not every little thing was scripted. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm assuming they were still calling a lot of it in the ring. Um, I, I, you know, I'm sure they had it planned out, you know, for, for the most part, what they were going to do, but but still, uh, <laughs> oh, but still, you could tell. You, one thing I, I I noticed as well, and and you're right, like the matches look a lot better. I just I like the look when they're not so scripted because they look more real. You know, like if somebody screws up a little bit, yeah, that's cool, because they just generally matches look better to me anyway. Right. There was a, at the end of the match after Corporal Kirshner won, who was the lady that was the color commentator? Three, uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Yeah, three, uh, three, three females doing the color commentating for WrestleMania too. So um, she, she has a good quote that Kirshner, he's bleeding from the forehead as well, and he still won. <laughs> you know? Right. Just yeah, so, I mean, she, I don't know. She did okay. She did a lot better than She did better than one. Susan St. James, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I didn't like him. I didn't like her anyway. So, but it was funny. <laughs> All right, then we go to uh, match number seven, which was technically the main event, even though it was not the last match. Uh, and that is the twenty-man battle royal that featured NFL players and professional wrestlers. Lots of wrestling talent in the ring. Former yeah. champions. I'm not going to go through everybody that was in it, but uh, it comes down. I mean, and it's hard to to uh review a battle royal yeah especially <laughs> this one so uh eventually it comes down to the heart foundation and andre the giant um andre throws anvil out um and then uh brett goes up top tries to do something andre grabs him and chucks him on top of anvil outside of the ring giving andre the victory <laughs> couple of notes i took on this one uh ernie lad uh the big cat Ernie Ladd came in to commentate. We probably should have mentioned him on our Black History Month, but, you know, we ran yeah, out of totally. time. Ernie Ladd, former NFL player, uh, one of the greats, came in to do the uh, commentary. That was cool. Uh, yeah, um, I should mention the uh, the celebrities that were involved in this one, too. Uh, surprisingly, since they had Burger King, they had the competitors' uh, face of the their commercials at the time, Claire Peller, the where's the beef lady? Uh, I didn't who, even notice. <laughs> uh, yeah, she didn't either. She was like, like she she had no. I don't even know if she knew where she was. But at one point, they were like, she just started yelling, "Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Where's the beef?" Yeah. And then you could barely hear it. But whatever. Uh, then you had Dick Buckus as a referee and Ed Tutal Jones as a referee as well. <laughs> also, Bruno Sammartino was in this battle royal. And the one thing I noticed with Bruno as well is Pedro Morales, you know, mm -hmm. some of the all-time greats in the WWF. Mm -hmm. They really got lukewarm receptions coming into Chicago, Rosemont Horizon, yeah, they or did. Rosemont, Illinois. They did. I mean, Bruno got a okay, was, okay pop, it was but like it's a, not the, like if he would have been right. in New York. <laughs> and, the, and the thing was because, you know, I mentioned Okerlund, that being, that being his territory, that was AWA territory. So Pedro right. Morales, Bruno, kind of like when they went to other areas of the country for the – for the most part, it was just like a right. lukewarm, polite yeah. reception. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I mean, uh, obviously, William the Refrigerator Perry's in it. He gets a huge pop. Yeah. Um, Dick Buckkiss, one of the, the Yeah, officials. a lot of the football guys got pretty big pops, too. But uh, So then we move on to uh, match number eight, the tag team title match between Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine with Johnny Valiant along or versus the British Bulldogs with Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> and Captain Lou Albano. Um, good match. Uh, I, I really like this match. Uh, kind of ended in an odd way, I thought, where uh, Valentine just got kind of rammed into um, Dynamite Kid's head yeah. on, on the outside, uh, it, which gives the Bulldogs the win and the tag team titles. You know, I thought that could have been the best match so far but the finish. 
Remember earlier yeah. I was talking about the crowd being hot? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I said, I'll come back to it later. It was this match. Okay, where, yeah. I mean, like you said, the end was just so odd. It didn't give the fans a chance to, like, pop. You know, yeah, it it's just... like they were trying to figure out what happened. So they, right. you didn't get that that big whoosh, you know, that the crowd, like, comes out of their seat. Because everybody loved the Bulldogs. Yeah. They wanted them to win the belts. Hell, I did. Everybody did. Yeah. And they yeah, just was... kind of, they did, and it was cool, but it was like, Nah. Right. It was just sort of like out of the blue, just but but a good match. Yeah. Really good match right. up until that point. And you're right, it was probably the best match. Uh it, it might have been the best match on the card, honestly. Um I'll see. But uh <laughs> but but in my head right now I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. Could um, be. <clears throat> but yeah, I had I had that finish went over and I I you know, I felt bad for that crowd because I saw how jacked they were. And that beside the Kirshner deal, and that was like a mid-level match, you know, they're not supposed to pee their pants from the finish. Yeah. But this was their main event, and then it just... Yeah. You know, and there's absolutely no reason why the Bulldogs couldn't have given one of their signature finishers right. or to win the belts. Yeah, then you have I to mean, be I mean, really? It, it just something where the, you can see it coming, and, and like, when you roll, you know, somebody gets rolled up, everybody comes out of their seat for the pin. Right. And it's like they did the... The crash in the bulldog's head, I know I'm explaining it horrible, but it was just kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, he pinned him. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. But a good match. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so then we get, uh, we go back to Vince and Susan St. James in New York. They send it to L.A. <laughs> Do we really have to listen to her again? <laughs> <laughs> just for a short time. They send it to L.A., where we have Jesse Devadi Ventura and Lord Alfred Hayes, nice. and they introduce their uh, celebrity guest color commentator, who is Elvira, and who definitely did the best job yeah. out of the three uh, female color commentators. Absolutely, she threw some like great lines out there. Yeah, uh, and she kind of, yeah, she did do the best. Yeah, I, I, I think she got it. If nothing else, she got her character that she was supposed to be kind of like a flirty type. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, she did. I wrote a couple of those lines down that would never go over today. <laughs> One thing that I thought was, well, I'll wait until we get to the match. But, uh, well, we might as well just get right to it. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see Lee Marshall as the uh, the ring announcer. What a treat for some that reason. was. It Me was. Too. Uh, and he recently passed away. The last, I think he passed away last year, too, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, voice of Tony the Tiger later on. Um and but, we didn't mention the guy in Chicago, uh, Chet Kopcock. He did a great job, too. He's like a media guy. Yeah, he did a good job, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they all did, but... Yeah, and Howard Finkel in New York. Right. Um, so we get match number nine, Hercules Hernandez versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, Steamboat ends up winning with the flying body press, but but uh, at one point, Ventura mentioned Steamboat has like a bandana around his leg. Yeah. Uh, Ventura mentions that, and Elvira says that, uh, what did she say, that he looks like a wimp or something? I, I can't remember <laughs> she that. She said something like he looks like a wimp. I didn't catch it. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, she's they probably told her to to root for the the heels and like go against the good guys, but that wasn't necessarily the case after, <laughs> later on, but... Uh, but anyway, um, you know, well, the th- other lady kept dogging the referees, the first one making the referees look bad. Oh, like, yeah, pretty that's much right. the whole. Yeah, like, that's right. Putting all the heat on the refs. Yeah, not, yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, this is a decent match. Yeah, it is a uh, good, solid undercard match getting Steamboat ready. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, Hercules, uh, a guy that probably doesn't get a whole lot of credit, but uh you know, he, I mean, he had a decent career. Never won any titles in there, I don't right. think, but had a decent career in there. Yeah. Um, you know, was, always really had good matches. Uh, always was in great shape. Um, you know, towards the end of the career, the, he did the tag team with uh, Paul Roma, which I actually thought Power was a good and tag glory, team. Is Power that and what glory, it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, like I said, Steamboat wins with the uh, Flying Body Press. Um, you know, decent match, yeah. but uh, seven minutes twenty-seven seconds. Yeah, yeah. Hercules, just an, a, another guy. You know, 
really good at what he does because there were a ton of people like that at the time. You know, they, they just can't possibly give the right amount of credit, you yeah. know, to all these guys, you know. Right, right. It's hard because they were so good. Yeah, I remember at the time thinking it was, that that was another one that was more of a squash. I know it had went a decent length, but it really wasn't. I mean, it made sense. But, I mean, but back then, anytime anybody beat anybody with their finisher – I, I kind of considered it a squash. Not that I don't nowadays, yeah, but yeah. but back then. I see what you're saying. You know, I did too, kind of. Because I was like, yeah. I, I just remember kind of thinking it was back then, but it really wasn't because, uh, you know, they. I think Hercules went for like a splash. Uh, Steamboat put his knees up, and then that set up the the flying body press. But you know, it, it was a good back and forth anyway yeah. up until that point. Um, that takes us to match number ten, which is the adorable Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart <laughs> against Uncle Elmer. Plowboy Frazier. Now, now, this one I definitely had in my mind, and I think the reason why was because I think on the VHS copy, they cut out a couple minutes of it. <laughs> so I think I, on the VHS copy that I used to rent, or no, no, it was the HBO, because they used to show this on HBO. Really? They cut it down to like two and a half hours. So I think a lot of the matches were clipped. So in my mind, Adrian Adonis like destroyed him in like 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, but actually, this is another one that Uncle Elmer got a hell of a lot more offense than I remember. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of threw Adrian around. Adrian was bumping around like a pinball. And let's talk about how great Adrian Adonis oh, is yeah. or was. And and another guy that probably doesn't get credit because he passed away in the late 80s. 87, 88 I was, maybe? I think it was probably uh, 88. The year after Brody, whatever was it? year Brody passed. So that was murdered. probably, yeah, it was either 88 or 89. Because, yeah. uh, well, obviously he was at WrestleMania 3 in 87. But then I think he jumped to AWA not yeah. too long after that, and then I think he uh, he passed away not too long after that yeah, guy tremendous. from the car accident. But tremendous uh, work. But just for a big guy like that bumping around like a freaking pinball, yeah. And Uncle just Omer uh, did a good job too. He did too. Yeah. I mean, I, at that looked, point, I thought he he went in there with some aggression, which normally you didn't see that from him, right? And that's what you need as a big guy. Yeah. So. Um, Eventually, Elmer goes for a leg drop, misses. Adonis goes up top, comes off with, I, I don't know what it was. A, a splash. Flying forearm or a splash. Or <laughs> yeah. I think Lord Alfred called it a headbutt, but either way, that's the end of that match. But actually, not short. a bad match. Yeah, I'm glad it was short, though, you know? It wasn't as short as I thought, though. Like I said, it yeah. wasn't. I mean, Three, in, three minutes and mind. one second. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was another one. That Elmer kind of threw him around the whole time, and then, uh, and then Adonis seizes the opportunity on the... Uh, the missed move. Did you watch it on the WWE Network? I did, yeah. What was the deal with the music for Uncle Elmer? I thought he would come into Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy. See, I was wondering the same thing. And then there was some other like song they laced over or right. over top of it. I don't know? know, because you would think that they would own the rights to that. Yeah. I don't know, because because later on, Junkyard Dog comes in to grab them kicks. Yeah. Actually, the next match. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, good, good segue. <laughs> so, well, actually, there's an interview before this with Lord Alfred Hayes and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, just hyping up the match. I love um, Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> so then we that takes us to match number eleven: the Funk Brothers with Jimmy Hart against Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog. And uh, this was another good match that I did not remember being as good. Me and I know we showed this at one point on the Jabber Hour because yeah. we interviewed Dory Funk Jr. on uh, on the Jabber Hour at one point, um, and, and we showed clips of this match, but. Uh, it, you got a little, you got a few shades of what Terry Funk later becomes <laughs> yeah. with like a lot of the, uh, what, what comes to be known as hardcore wrestling yeah. in, in this match, more so than any of the other matches. Well, really. you got your first national look at it. I mean, he kind of been doing that stuff, you know, like in Memphis. Oh, well, they or, had been doing it, but I'm just yeah. saying, um, you know, but Funk kind of gets known for that yeah. late, later on. Yeah, that was in my head too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I yeah. can see why the, uh, he fit in ECW. Yeah, totally. Uh, one, one thing that we should point out is the way that uh, Dory Funk Jr. sold the drop kicks. Yeah. <laughs> those were those were like hilarious, but they were good. But uh, and Dory Funk Jr. is still wrestling to this day. Yeah. I just saw that he was wrestling in Japan the other How day. How good were the Funks? Like Dory, <laughs> oh, I know. man. I have I know. so much more respect for him now, and he was Hoss Funk here. Than, yeah, you yeah. know, so much more respect now than when I was a kid. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Me too. The Me match, too. 11 minutes, 42 seconds. I thought this was the best match of the night. See, that's that's why I said that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's between this one yeah. or or the other tag team match with the Bulldogs winning the belts. But but <laughs> I think you might be right. I mean, Terry Funk, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, you know, even Junkyard Dog holding up his end. 
<laughs> he did. I mean, Dog was a good seller, you know. I mean, and he threw great right. punches. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, it's cool that the Funk Brothers got a re- quote WrestleMania moment. Um, yeah. But uh, because because uh, they end up winning the match with uh, a megaphone shot to JYD. It was yeah. It was a it was a good finish. You know, it was like smooth. Yeah. Totally. And and I think watching a lot of this, I watch so much of the Southern wrestling, even even today. You know, and I, I just see some of the finishes there back at the time in the WWF, and that's kind of why I favored the Southern Wrestling anyway. And this match was more like a Southern Wrestling tag team match. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, a couple of things I know. 11 minutes, 42 seconds to, uh, for the time of the fall on that one. Elvira puts over uh, the trunks falling off. There was some discussion about that <laughs> during the match. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and she likes... And speaking of the junkyard dog and uh, Tito Santana, she likes tall, dark, and handsome men, and sometimes likes tall, dark, or uh, likes tall white guys. Because Ventura <laughs> took exception to that. So <laughs> that was just some of the, um, you know, celebrity Hollywood commentary that got brought into the uh, WrestleMania festivities. So. Right. Yeah, she had a couple good lines in the uh, in the main event too. Um, <laughs> but before they go, we go to the main event. We get a video recap of the Hogan Bundy feud, which isn't a whole lot. Just kind of shows, uh, kind of shows Morocco and Bundy injuring Hogan's ribs at Saturday night's main event. <laughs> um, but then we get Hulk Hogan. Then we get Mean Gene with Hulk Hogan working out with Doctor <laughs> Tonovich, I think it is, <laughs> and Hillbilly Jim, and they're just really selling. That uh, oh by the way, Doctor Panovich uh, recommended that Hulk Hogan not wrestle the match because of his injury, but he was still like lifting weights and and doing stuff against doctor's orders. Is that like the chiropractor, Doctor Panovich, that they that they had? <laughs> I don't know it because there was some guy was, they but... had that was just like he wasn't really a doctor; he was like a chiropractor or something that they used a lot. Oh, they would. Uh, I don't know. Probably I don't remember this guy, but yeah, me neither. But but possibly. So then we get the uh, intros for the celebrities in this match. Uh, we get Tommy Lasorda as the guest ring announcer, who does a pretty good job. Introduces Ricky Schroeder, who gets booed out of the building. <laughs> and then we get Robert Conrad as the special, what was he, a referee? I think yeah. he's a special guest referee. Yeah. Which leads us to, oh, actually, then we get an uh, interview with Jesse Ventura, with Bundy and Heenan. Then we go back to Vince and Susan St. James. And then finally, that takes us to the main event, the cage match, match number 12, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy for the world heavyweight title in the big blue cage. Yeah. Uh, the cage, the story goes, had to be reinforced um, <laughs> to, in case Bundy wanted to make his way over the top of the cage Ventura did have to explain that to Elvira at one point that normally we use fence fencing, but uh, this this cage had to be built. Um, if you listen to any of those guys, they hated working in the big blue cage. Yeah, um, I I didn't want to. I didn't even want to watch it. Honestly, <laughs> I I kind of skipped through it, did but you? I did remember. But but I mean, I, you know, it is what it is. I remember watching it a million times on HBO. Hogan has gone on record saying that when he whenever he would wrestle Bundy, you knew it. You could tell Bundy was laying in some shots. Hogan was uh, too. Did you hear some of those? Like yeah. some of the forearms going in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was definitely. nice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, they, were, they were working uh, MWA snug. Yeah. And then also you get a Bundy blade job. Yeah. Thank God. In a cage <laughs> yeah. match, which, as you always should in a cage match. Not in the WWF <laughs> most of the time. No, not anymore. <laughs> but uh, and then that was another thing that Elvira threw out there. They were talking about something with the cage and then uh, – Ventura's like, oh, is that where you keep your bats? And she's like, oh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like she had her own, like, dungeon or something. <sighs> I just hate the whole – I hate that whole concept of the uh, WWE-WWF cage match. I know, like, here locally in Detroit, like, big-time wrestling, they kind of had the same deal where you had to get out of the cage right. to win it, you know? Yeah. It just – it flies in the face of what the cage match is for, and it just automatically sets a bad example because you can never – get out of the cage right without making it look fake. You know, like people trying to get out of the cage early, they're always going slow, waiting for the other guy to catch up. 
Yeah. Because why wouldn't you just and they're go always run? getting caught. Yeah. Right. You know, and it just I the whole con I like the I like the three count in the middle, you know. Yeah. Um, I you know, I don't know. It's I don't know. It, it it's something different, I guess. Uh I mean I agree with you that yeah, you gotta you kinda gotta like like uh you know, make make it look like you're well I, I mean unfortunately you have to not not that you're purposely doing it but it does make it look like you're kind of waiting for the guy to catch up with you a lot of times yeah when you're yeah. when you're doing that but uh but, but i don't know I don't, that's why you yeah. know yeah but okay so anyway uh you know you get a you get a decent back and forth battle uh king kong bunny obviously works on hulk hogan's injured ribs for most of the match um i I can't remember. Did 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 Bundy miss with a splash or something? And then you get Hogan get giving him a power slam. So somehow the, the that's what sets it up. Hogan gives him a power slam out of the corner, hits him with a leg drop, climbs over the top of the cage, and retains the world heavyweight. Yeah, Hogan didn't Hulk, Hulk up in this match. They kind he kinda it just kind of came out of the blue. Well, yeah, because Bundy oh, threw him into the corner and he did a splash, and then Hogan kind of right made the face. That's what it was. He didn't miss the splash. He actually got the right. splash, and, then the and that's what one. made Hogan. Hogan Hulk up. Yeah, and he didn't. He just kind of looked at him, and then Bundy threw him into the other corner, and then hit him with the splash again. And then Hogan stands there, right, and then just goes after him, slam, walks out of the cage. Kind of anticlimactic. That's that's what I had written down. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, whatever. The crowd liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, I I just recently read something about um, King Kong Bundy and why he is not a possible reason why he's not in the hall of fame. Um, he claims that Vince told him that after WrestleMania two, he was going to beat Hogan for the belt at some point and did not. He also claimed that, uh, Vince still owed him money from some other stuff, possibly WrestleMania two. I don't know, but, uh, well, I probably not because he came back years later and yeah. had another little run, which didn't amount to much. Uh, he did have, he is one of the, uh, the undertaker's, WrestleMania victories. Yeah. Um, well, he's been back a but, few times, right? In gimmick battle Royals or whatnot. Uh, no, that was the thing. Um, that, that's why I read about this because, um, cause Tommy dreamer was trying to bring him in for the Randy Orton, um, legend killer gimmick. Yeah. And <laughs> Bundy left a message and was like, basically was like, Hey, you know, Tommy, I love you. You know, you and I have always done business. You're great. He's like, Tell tell Vince that I will never appear on his program again <laughs> until he pays me the money uh, and, and also to f off. Huh. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a possible reason why Bundy never got put into the Hall of Fame. Not saying that it couldn't happen eventually, um, but uh, you he know, obviously should. King Kong Bundy passed away recently. But uh, so overall, what uh, what rating would you give uh, WrestleMania two? One out of ten. Before I go there, can I make one other observation about that main event? Uh, yeah, quickly. but we're pressed for time, so... Okay, gonna... they had the on-TV up above NWA angle, the camera angle from above, and when Bundy missed a splash, it looked that awesome. That looked awesome, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I caught that, too. That yep. did look awesome. I was like, man, that's the best splash that I've ever seen Bundy do, right. but it's probably it probably had to do a lot with that angle. Yeah, but, uh, so so my rating out of... I'll give it a, I'll give it a 5 out of 10, probably halfway, because a lot of matches were short, so... yeah. I'll get, it, I'll give it, it was actually better than what I remembered, so yeah. I'm going to give it a six. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely very experimental, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the early days of WrestleMania. Um, so anyway, we have the next WrestleMania coming up soon. I think it's WrestleMania 35. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know what they're. Um, on eventually, we will talk about WrestleMania three that we were both at. Thank you for. Your expert analysis, Brace Beamer. You're, you're uh, Thank you. Keep checking the Butch Blood page for the next Wrestling Tonight show. And uh, hopefully we will see everyone next week with a new topic. Take care, everyone. MW- This monster of all. His name is Kong, and they call him King. You can tell why at the glance. 
and everything starts jumping when he goes into his dance. Oh, it's the King Kong Stomp. There's no escape. Yes, it's the King Kong Stomp. He just goes in, and the jungle shakes with a mighty sound when King Kong starts to monkey around. 